Welcome to the Traveling Black Women's Podcast. Hi, I'm Gypsy Jens. And I am Nadine. We are here to discuss our joys, our frustrations, our dislikes, and also give you guys some tips that you can walk away with. Yes. So this is our very first episode, and we're super excited just to talk about travel because we both love traveling. By the way, have you seen that post on Instagram that's flying around talking about... Um, loving to speak to people about something that they're passionate about because the way that they light up and their heart beats and you can just tell the excitement this is gonna be us. yeah I, you know what i have not seen that post but that is so accurate because it's just a different energy you know when someone's talking about something they don't like like work they're like, oh, they're my boss. and you're kind of like all right <laughs> change the topic <laughs> but when they talk about something they love like that is why and i'm jumping all into things but that is why i like cooking classes like I know some people think they're really corny, but I love cooking classes for that reason because the people that teach cooking classes in whatever country I'm in, they're always so excited to share their food. Like they want to tell you about the celebrations, they want to tell you what their grandmama did, they want to tell you like everything about their food, and they have so much joy. And I'm just like, yay! I want to eat. Like give you everything but the secret recipe right they'll walk you through everything tell you right now close your eyes i'm just gonna put the dash of my grandma's extra <laughs> and let you go away with it i haven't actually done a cooking class but i would love to do one because they do look really intimate yeah really passionate and then you get to come home and say well yeah i learned how to cook or make pasta from scratch in italy why not yeah yeah, it's a whole it's a whole different thing. Like the ones that I've done in Italy, um, I think every cooking class that I've done in Italy has been in someone's home. Like not in like a a big shop. Like in Morocco it was like a big situation. There was all these little burners around, like it was built out. It was a cooking school. But like in Italy, it was like somebody's house where the bathroom, you go to use the bathroom and there's a toothbrush, like, Oh y'all live here, live here. You know, like wow. Yeah, yeah. And that was really neat because Again, people were just like, this is great. This is exciting. Like, let me tell you about how my grandmother made it. And, you know, my father did this and he used to do that. And we're actually from this part of Italy. Like, just in it, you know, it's just exciting. Definitely. And it's welcoming as well, you know, to have complete strangers um, in your home, which we will be discussing a bit further down. Yes. So I'm Nadine, going back to the beginning, because I clearly jumped all the way in and started talking about, what I love travel. But I mean, is that passion? It is. It is, and it excited me for a second. Like, yeah, I love that too. But even though I had, I have not seen that post yet. So that's the one thing. I'm an educator. Um, I've been an educator since 2005. Moved abroad to Abu Dhabi. Taught over there. Came back and was like, this sucks. <laughs> this absolutely sucks. I want to continue traveling because over there it was easy to travel. So that's when I really started traveling. Traveling, you know. But I came back and I was like, this sucks. I want to continue traveling. And then I started teaching again. And I was like, I don't really want to do this either. And so now I'm a consultant, still working in education, but it's not wanting to be tied to a classroom. Like travel is one of those things that starts to make you feel all free and stuff in your mind. You know, <laughs> it makes you feel all invincible. Like, you know what? I don't mm -hmm. have to do this this way. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do it that way. Like I can create my own way. So I am now an ed consultant and the founder of the Traveling Black Woman Network, Tiz I. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. 
So I am Jenny, originally from London, England, um, recently moved to Toronto, Canada, roughly around a year and a half ago. I started taking traveling seriously um, in 2014. Then I set a goal for myself that I would travel to a minimum of four destinations each year. And somehow the travel universe decided that each year I would be able to increase my, my travels a bit more, go a bit further and wider. And then along the way, I decided that just how, you know, you decided teaching wasn't necessarily for you in that field. I decided London wasn't really for me in that way. So through my travels, I started to look at different places that I would be able to live. Funnily enough, Dubai, the UAE did come up as, you know, Hot sun is what I love. But the realistic thing that I wanted was to have somewhere that was like London, but not. So here I am setting up myself literally from the start um, in Toronto, Canada. That's pretty dope. Like moving abroad is, it's different. It, it forces you outside of your comfort zone. Like I know we're getting ready to talk about that too, but like moving abroad, it's a whole nother ball game than just going on vacation. And then yours as well. It's like the UAE. That's like a completely different world, you know, like mine is kind of like Great Britain yeah. to North America. They they have some similarities. I can't imagine the different, yeah. sim, like, you know, the differences that you would have had to adjust to living out there. For me, I mean, the time zone was probably the hardest thing before anything else. But then here we are now, you know, we've adjusted, <laughs> we've kind of, I think, I don't know, I think moving abroad is something that takes a lot longer than what you think it takes to fully adjust. I don't know if you ever fully adjust, you adapt as you need to. And this will be another one of our episodes, so please do stay tuned. It is, it will, because we have to, we got to jump into everything. We got to jump into all of these different pieces. I feel like in every little, um friendship group or whatnot, you have the one person that travels the most. I don't know, they're the person everyone kind of yeah. looks to like, when's your next trip? And, oh, I want to go. And they don't really go, you know, and all they of that. <laughs> but they're not necessarily the people that you can come back and talk to about your travels just because you know they haven't traveled as much. Don't want to sound braggadocious, at least for me. You know, you just don't mm -hmm. want to sound like, oh, who my travels? But you still mm -hmm. want to be able to connect and talk about it. So I feel like most of us as travelers, we kind of find that, on Instagram, like on social media, media period, mm -hmm. like, you know, you find other people that kind of travel like you, that kind of seem like they move like you. And it's just like, ah, look at that picture. So for me, seeing your first picture, <laughs> your first picture as Gypsy Jen flying across the pool with the biggest grin on your face oh, man. and a dolphin pushing you, I was just like, this is me in a different body in a different country in a different country a different time <laughs> yep right that picture tells so many stories oh and my I think goodness. the funniest picture or the funniest story that it tells is that I can't swim and nobody knows that I can't swim so for anybody that's never done a dolphin push I just have to give you a bit of um a picture of how it goes right so you start on one side of the pool and effective immediately, you have to get to the other side of the pool in the water. So for somebody that doesn't know how to swim, I definitely can't swim to the other side of the water. Um, I don't know how to tread water either. So they were literally talking me through how to bounce my way extremely slowly to the other side of the pool. 
this was fine. I was obviously going to go last because it's only fair. I got here last, you know, I don't want anybody waiting any further for me. So the instruction is to lay flat on your stomach and wait for the dolphin to push you by the soles of your feet. Mm. So again, painting the picture, I can't swim. I can't tread water. I definitely can't float. So how is this going to take place? I just knew I had to trust the beings that are the instructors. Okay, you told me to lie flat on my stomach. I was like, how long do I have? Because I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. <laughs> and as you're lying there for what feels like all of 30 seconds, it's probably 1.5. The pressure of the dolphin's noses on your, like literally the arch of your foot, is a pressure that you've never felt unless you've done reflexology. And nobody does that. Nobody takes care of their feet. Nobody. Maybe I'm sure, not even sure athletes do. So it was the excitement and the adrenaline of, oh my gosh, it actually worked. I floated long enough. And then I'm like, oh, pictures, smile. Cheese. <laughs> However long you could hold your cheese for, that was what that picture was doing. Holding the cheese. Like, please don't get the fear of the fact that I'm about to be smacked down in the water, I can't swim, and I don't know what that picture is going to look like. So please just get this cheese as long as you can. And I would honestly advise anybody, like I can't swim, but I don't shy away from water sports. I've done parasailing. I've done paragliding. Um, that's not the first time I've swam with dolphins, but it is in that capacity. So the first time was in Turkey, and um, they had me on a, uh, like a step and the dolphin came to me and I was able to hold the fin and then it pulled me around the pool and then brought me back. That was nice. But this <laughs> one was very independent. Four years into your travel game, you still don't know how to swim. What do you mean? It was amazing. I had just started my Instagram page at that point. So I had no idea about um, any travel pages. I was just typing in, you know, by luck. And there we are, traveling black women with one L, of course, not two, British, American. <laughs> like, oh, let me try this out. And then I can't remember how long after, but it definitely wasn't that long after because this was all in Mexico, in Cancun. I was reposted. I was like, wait, what? A big travel page like Traveling Black Women is posting little old me with less than 100 followers. Oh, I thought I'd made it in life then. I was like, yep, that's it. I'm going viral. I don't have anything else to do. The work has been done. No, guys, don't be fooled. Do not be fooled. That is not how it works. It, you don't go viral straight away. I'm still waiting to go viral, by the way. Oh, but my it goodness. was a humbling, humbling experience to just be um, recognized yeah. by the page with its title a traveling black woman that's exactly what I am and I yeah. don't think I would have identified or categorized myself as that until being recognized by my now infamous dolphin picture <laughs> <laughs> when I started this mm -hmm. page in 2019 I started it thinking I wanted to be a businesswoman but then as I started to go further down the line I realized no I just want everybody to be able to see the world right from my point of view you know put out some destinations that some people wouldn't go to or go to some destinations and do things that people right. would not do just try you know to be me but stand out at the right. same time that makes a lot of sense like I feel like that was the main reason I even started traveling black women the well 
starting off with the book, obviously, like having that book and putting that out there and that kind of just being for old school, you know, people who are not going to read a blog, they're not really going to go online, but they will get your book, you know, or they will sit down and read something and just try to figure it out. Because when I first came back from Abu Dhabi, it was mm -hmm. like, I don't know, everyone thought that my traveling was just so amazing. Like, oh my gosh, you've done this, you've not done that. And it was pretty cool. And I, I don't never want to downplay it, but I just kind of mm -hmm. felt like, y'all know y'all can travel too, right? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. y'all know y'all mm -hmm. can get on the same plane and go somewhere too, right? Yeah. And it was crazy because, like, it, it just really didn't. You know, it was... It was just something you didn't do. Like even the stuff that I did, skydiving, um, whatever else. You know, people were very quick to say that white people shit. And I'm like, no, it's not. Fun <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's everybody shit. It's it's fun. It's everybody. It's everybody. You just gotta do the research. Yeah. And this is the thing, right? Like we're doing this now to show people yeah. that everybody and anybody can do it. Don't let there be a status right. on when you can do it or how to do it. Make it Right, yours. and us doing it is what debunks everything that people think about who Black mm -hmm. people are, Black women are, you know, Black Americans, Black British, like who they think they are. It's like, okay, well, now someone's standing in front of me that looks like this. Is everything that I thought true? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, is everything that I thought about hmm. what this person or this type of person would be like true? Like, now I have to really sit here and challenge my own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what presence does. So our presence in those places, in different places, does exactly, exactly. that. Like, and by far, I mean, I think just this is just the way the, the world is. In a lot of places, we're going to be outnumbered. Yeah. But again that don't deter that right because you step in, making that step and you go into said destination right. makes other people like us black women solo women group women women black people know that it is possible for them to do it as well right right i would agree the education part of it is important mm -hmm. you know to kind of like you say just stay relevant stay current stay present stay active Letting that we have to really remove the fact that we as black people can't do and be everywhere. Right. Doing every possible thing. We adapt so well. We be doing it better. <laughs> we be doing it better. Right. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> we be doing it much better. Try me. So what would you say is the best part about traveling? Like, what do you think? I feel like travel has a way of bringing people together whether that's internationally or nationally. Like travel okay. doesn't always yeah. have to be getting on a plane. I did a yeah. road trip, like solo driving to New York from Toronto. That was around 10 hours. And I know that I could fly. I've done it before. But I also know that when I have to stop for gas, that means I have to get out of the car and I have to go and speak to somebody ask them a question or two they might have a question for me and lo and behold you're now having a conversation of oh you're driving by yourself what brought you here you know it brings people that wouldn't necessarily be in the same places at the same time together like me posting that picture I was in Mexico at the time I, I didn't even know where in yeah. the world you were but I was traveling you were probably traveling too 
And just by posting that picture, it's brought us together here now, four years later. Yeah. You know, you can, I've gone on yeah. many solo trips where um, the expectation is that you meet people, but mm-hmm. you also don't have to do that. Right. You don't have to go right. there and come away with five friends or 10 lifelong friends and, oh, my days, I've just met, you know, the best people. But don't go there and not speak to people because that will not bring you out of your comfort zone. That might not give you the same level of desire to continue to realize that travel does bring people together. I can take something from this person in this country and I can take something from this person in this city. I can take something from a zookeeper if I really wanted to, you know, it's just about (laughs) being open-minded. Like, honestly, you have to be open-minded. So I think I would say a joy of mine is that travel really does bring people together. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. What would you say one of your joys are? Being able to see that stuff could just be different. You know, that's kind of what I was saying in the beginning when I was like, you know, the more I traveled, even coming back home and traveling, the more I realized I don't have to do this. I don't have to be locked to this classroom, frustrated every other day. You know, mm. I can actually make something else work for myself. And then here I am, two contracts into education later, you know? So it's like, okay. You know, but I think that's mm-hmm. part of what travel does. It makes you rethink things. It makes you look at things differently. It makes you look at yourself differently you know, mm-hmm. um, what's possible differently. Um, and then it debunks everything that it makes it, it makes you hardy to, harder to, ugh, I can't get my words out. It makes you harder to manipulate because mm-hmm. when you think about the way the media is set up today, when you think about like how people, you know, they could put something on uh, Instagram or even the news, whatever, and say X, Y, Z about this mm-hmm. place or that place or this person or that person. And naturally you believe it because it seems mainstream, right? People are commenting on it. It's here in your face. Like it's in black and white, it's in print. So you're thinking, well, this has to be what it is. But one thing traveling does is it really makes you like look at stuff like that, yeah. especially when it comes to countries and people and cultures and be like, I don't know if that's the whole story, you know, yeah. <laughs> like you really start to stop to thinking. It has to be a different side. Yeah. Right. You know, I know you got the copy people who are going to come out. Well, <laughs> I went to Jamaica two years ago and they did not smoke ganja while I was there. You know, then you got those yes. kind of people, of course. Yes. But for the most part, you, you know, you, you get that feeling of I've been there. I hear this person saying X, Y, Z about that place. It's not true. I've, I've yeah. been there myself. You know, or it is true, but to a certain extent. And now when someone else is talking about somewhere that you have not been, you can be more critical. Like, yes, I hear what you're saying, but I might have to go see that for myself. Right. The last time I heard this, my experience was completely different to what you're saying. So maybe I should just go check it out myself. Yep. Right. So it ups the critical thinking abilities. Like there's a lot of people, too many people that just follow. Somebody says that the sky is, is, I don't know, green today. And, you know, everybody's posting it on their social media and they're taking pictures mm-hmm. talking about, yeah, I saw the green. And it's like, no, 
uh, you know, has a filter. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's like everybody's so ready to jump on a bandwagon and say, me too, I did it, I saw it. And it's just, you know, no, no level of deeper thought. And I think travel forces yeah. you to do that, especially solo travel, but it, it forces you to do that. Yeah. It definitely forces you to do that. So that would be no, my I thing. agree. I think, again, it goes based on like, to really be able to broaden it, you have to go open-minded. Yeah. So you have to forget what you heard or what you read or what you were told. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean not to be aware. Right. You have to be aware, even where you live. Mm-hmm. You step out of your house, you're aware. So you don't lose that when you travel. Right. But you should be more open-minded. It's like when people make jokes about... Um, people traveling and only wanting to eat ch- chicken and chips. It's like, okay, <laughs> some of us have allergies. Does some of us be in me? Just saying. <laughs> but there's this new cool thing that I've seen two people, like two trends that I've seen. Mm-hmm. One is to um, taste the Coke wherever they go. Oh. And rate it best to where they're from. So if that was me, for example, it would be me trying to remember what London's Coke tastes like and then go to... Italy and go to Portugal and go to Jamaica and you know go to Mexico and taste their coke and rate it out of 10 yeah and then the other one which I I definitely cannot get down with because I don't eat there is McDonald's (laughs) going to different McDonald's and looking at their menus because I have noticed even though I don't eat there some of the menus really are different like they've got a a whole different breakfast menu a whole different like chicken nuggets, chicken tenders. I'm like, wow, all of this in McDonald's. So those are the two main trends that I've seen right now that are, I would still say is broadening your horizon because you're trying to taste something that is a staple everywhere, but you realize, oh no, the sugar level and salt levels be different elsewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. My allergies only pop in here. I can't eat shrimp (laughs) at all in America. Like anywhere I go. Unless, I mean, I haven't tried Maine and, and their selfish, but everywhere I go, it's like, you know, I eat shrimp. And that only happened within the last few years. And I'll start to itch, really? I'll break out. If I eat too much, I'll get nauseous. And I can go anywhere, anywhere in the world other than here and eat a plate full of garlic shrimp. And that's the first thing I do everywhere. Like, what? Prawns? Garlic prawns? <laughs> Yes, please. Bring it out. <laughs> I'd be missing out. You see? And then think about it like this, right? Again, just by going on perspective. Oh, you could eat prawns everywhere, but you actually can't. Right. Right. So nobody should judge that the fact that you're eating a basic food in another country. No, this is not basic to me. This is holiday food and I can only eat it when I'm on vacation. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a good point. <laughs> because it is something to be said for being able to go into another country, see something familiar, still try it and make that different comparison. That's still an experience. And that's something else that's like, okay, you know, as, as more of us start to travel... You don't want people to feel like because I'm not traveling like this yes. big and fancy and all of this kind of stuff and fa- big fancy restaurants that I can't get the experience that works for me. You know, because at the end of the day, we want we want people to get out there. And it's almost like if that is the small transition, transitional, yeah. can't get that word out, <laughs> transitional piece that allows you to just be like, let me go try this. Let me get out this country. Yeah. If, it, if all else fails, there's a KFC, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. 
then hey, it, it at least got you to put one little toe outside that comfort zone. I mean, you don't have to go and exactly. <laughs> eat yeah. ostrich meat in Kenya, but which is actually pretty good, let me say. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Or a crocodile or anything like that, right? We're not asking you to do that kind of adventurous stuff if it's too far out of your comfort zone. Because the next thing is you don't want to do that and then waste your money. That is so, true. And then still be hungry. Right. That is very disappointing. There's nothing worse than trying to order something that is out of your comfort zone and you don't like it and you're still hungry. <laughs> there is no time for that. No, I'm I mentioned KFC off the bat. I'm sorry. Fossa Land in Trinidad. That is first to KFC that I don't eat KFC anywhere else but there's this battle between like um no like well not here I'm not eating KFC in Canada or Toronto I'm not eating KFC in London I'm just not yeah go home I'm go if I'm in Jamaica we're going to KFC yeah if I'm in Trinidad we're going to KFC it's just a different I mean even Dubai like look how everybody bought their KFC to the yacht party and (laughs) Keisha left with a bucket in her hand (laughs) so some foods that are staple they really do look different elsewhere and for me personally that I still put that in the category of bordering your horizon because you've seen something that you think is familiar that feels familiar but when you go there it's actually not not. as familiar yeah Yeah, it's not you know yeah that's a great point okay so frustration so the negative or if you want to you know what what would you say is uh i guess a pet peeve a dislike or like a general frustration um about Ah. travel it has to be the legit, the actual, like, so on the one end, I do like boarding the plane, sitting in my seat, finding my movie, putting my seat back, waiting for them to come around and ask me for a snack. I do like that part, but I feel mm-hmm. like that part is when everything has just, ah, everything is settled. But the logistics, mm-hmm. I don't always like the logistics. I don't always like going through TSA and not knowing if they're going to talk to you any kind of way or not. <laughs> Or if somebody's going to show up and today is their day to be, you know, employee of the week. Like, I'm here and I'm checking everything. Or the person who's going to show up and just be like, I'm still going to get paid on Friday. You can go ahead with your motion. I don't care. You know, like, you you, you just don't know who you're going to mm-hmm. expect. And that actually brings me a little bit of anxiety because then I'm thinking, what do I have that I'm going to yes. have to either A, negotiate, B, throw away, or C, be mad at somebody for taking from me? Like, what what's going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, North Airport is good for that. Let me just put that out there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not my new department airport. <laughs> yeah, I think that that can be frustrating, you know, getting to your gate and then having the same anxiety with gate agents. Are they going to be rude? Are other people going to be acting up? Like, is there going to be a delay? If there's not a delay, what's going on? Are people standing up because their their boarding zone has been called? Or are they standing up because they're standing up and they just want to stand here and they're in my way? Like, there's just so many moving parts to traveling, to the actual, like, mm-hmm. part of traveling. And sometimes mm-hmm. I just get really frustrated. I've never gotten frustrated to the point where I don't want to do it anymore. Not even by airline. Like, even with airlines, you know, doing what they do. Oh, of course. You know, I still have never gotten to a point where I'm just like, I'm never getting on that airline again. Because if they have a sale, mm-hmm. I'm booking it. <laughs> no, I'm just booking it. But sometimes just dealing with the amount of people and the ways that people who are in charge have to kind of like, you know, kind of 
run everybody through like cattle and the way people just behave, like everybody wants to be the only person in the room that has an issue, you know, all of that kind of stuff, it becomes a lot. It becomes a lot. I would say that would be the, the mm-hmm. my biggest pet peeve with travel. Otherwise, once I get to that seat, I sit down, I ask for my little headphones. <laughs> You're good to right. go. The funniest <laughs> thing about the logistics for me is um, just to go off the bat of what you said, it's the missing part on the paper. The flight time is 15.10, but you're awake Mm -hmm. from somewhat what seven in the morning double checking that you have everything the passport being the main thing but everything else is as important double checking you have that your journey to the airport whether that's by transport or uber or your driving you get to the airport for me my new thing is i know oh i know our listeners don't know and nadine is definitely team carry on I'm trying to get to that point. I've got a a big holiday coming and I'm just like, there's no way anybody expects me to do this kind of trip um, on a carry-on. It just can't happen. But you can do it. My new anxiety is not having full understanding or full capacity of the tight restrictions with certain airports and their measurements of my carry-on one airline is okay with my you know my suitcase with wheels and a backpack that might be a bit overpacked but still within you know the personal item region and then Mm -hmm. others I have like um it's the XL Longchamp handbag which counts as a personal item but I technically know I can't bring both Mm -hmm. But that bag doesn't match your requirements, but it's a bag. So it means it can fold, it can push under the seat. So that brings me anxiety traveling with that because I'm like, oh man, is it going to be the agent that's going to tell me this is 12 centimeters over what you're allowed and you have to check it in? It's like, no, sorry, sir, it has everything I need. I can't afford to check this in because if you lose it, I have absolutely nothing. nothing. Yes. You know, when we were going to um, Switzerland for Christmas, me and my mom, we got through security and everything, checked in at the front desk. We didn't even check in online. She came through with her um, her roller bag. And right when we get to the gate, they're like, oh, no roller bag. Please come and check in this little thing. So we had to go and put it in the, um, you know, a little holder or whatnot. And, yeah, the measurement. Yeah, thing. and it didn't fit, of course. You know, it was a really tight holder, probably the size of about a, a Spirit or a Frontier flight, which surprised me because it's Swiss Air. So I go mm-hmm. to the lady and I let her know, like, hey, this is my mom's bag. Like, she has things in it that she needs. She's not going to be able to check this. And she's like, well, I don't know what to tell you, but it's not even going to fit on the plane. So we got on the plane. So they ended up checking it. She took some stuff out. She used her bag. Um, they ended up checking it. And then we get on the plane and sure enough, they've got some really tiny compartments. So I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. fair enough. But then on our way back, she checks her bag. She just goes ahead and puts everything in it, separates herself, she has her bag. We get there. And of course I have my backpack, so I check my other bag. She checks her both her bags or whatnot. We get on the airplane and the compartments are about as big as a closet. <laughs> And like no one, everyone is on there with their huge roller bag. So it's like, but same airline, same exact airline. And now she didn't mind. She was kind of like, hey, you know, I don't have a bag to roll around. So that's fine. But at the same time, it was Mm -hmm. like, how do you even know this? 
and you the thing is you can find out ahead of time like when you book it does show airbus a 471 and all that kind of stuff but they change it on you yeah they change it on you last minute sometimes so sometimes i just don't pay attention yeah. to that but i'm like now i'm gonna have to start paying attention because yeah. that was foolish and this is my <laughs> thing like i've you know tried to i mean to be fair to myself none of the trips that i've done recently require a checked bag dubai i probably i mean previous me would have done a checked bag because it would have just been convenient to have i don't ever travel with one suitcase by the way a, a second one is needed simply because if it gets lost i need to have backup so if i have a checked bag 100% i need to have my wheelie or my handbag full of four days worth of clothes at minimum but my suitcase i already know my carry-on suitcase i already know just by going off the description that you gave there i know it wouldn't fit on the plane and that would give me great anxiety to know that i have to let go of the only thing that i've packed yeah at the very last minute to guarantee it's going to go on this plane. Um, you know, air tags are becoming a new thing that we're trying to educate our travelers on mm. to get one. But if you're traveling with a carry-on, you're not going to think, oh, let me bring the air tag in case. Yeah. Unless you have a bad experience. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah got to bring the air tag everywhere because just in case. So off the back of your gripe with traveling, mine is just not knowing why there can't be a consistent measurement for the carry-on bag right, or suitcase. Right, I feel that. Do people actually ask this? Never in my travel career has anybody had the audacity to ask me, can they you sit must at have my window seat? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad if that's the case. I, do you know what? Unfortunately, I wish that was the case, but going based on how I used to work, like people would always scope me out to come and ask me questions but on i can gladly say nobody's ever asked me i would politely be declining because i've come to realize in this more recent life i don't know what i would ever have to do if i could not fly at the window mm, i have no okay. i never want to have to experience not getting the window seat so you've always sat in the window seat. at first Oh, always, oh, wow. always from I was a child. There's only been one flight. And funnily enough, it was going to Cancun, Mexico, which was destination 30. That's the only flight I've ever had to sit in the aisle seat. Oh, wow. And it gives me great anxiety. I do not get up. I don't care how long the flight is. From I've sat down, I'm not getting up until the middle and aisle person are going to get up. So if they both decide they'll get up at the same time, then I'll take that opportunity to stretch my legs. Other than that, you don't need to worry about me because I'm going to just be looking outside the window or watching a movie or trying to catch Oh, me. wow. So that's why I don't <laughs> want to sit anywhere else because I don't want, I know I don't need to get up and I don't want to have to get up because you need to get up. Why did you not choose the seat? <laughs> no, no. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I've sat everywhere. Now, I prefer the window mm. seat, but I've sat everywhere. Even in the middle? Even in the middle. Even in the middle of strangers. Oh, <laughs> yes. No way. That's becoming a new anxiety of mine as well, actually, which I recently discovered. I'm getting on the plane and, and you know, you think you're good. And then I start seeing all these people walking towards. I'm like, oh, God, I hope they're not sitting next to me. Oh, gosh, I hope it's not them. Oh, no, not the crying child. 
And then I've, I always seem to kind of get away with being able to sit next to somebody that doesn't necessarily want to talk. You know, my flying experiences with people anyway, fingers <laughs> crossed, have been fine. My main um, frustration with uh, traveling is the financial restriction. I feel that everybody who is anybody that has traveled mm. has probably not been able to go somewhere that they wanted to first time because of the price of it. And that I hate simply because I think that there should always be a way around it. I think there should always be where there's a will, there's a way. Um, this new thing of mine as well is doing a layover. I never used to yeah. do layovers, but traveling from Toronto, just any advice to anybody yeah. traveling from Toronto is not as easy and as pretty as it looks online. This city is <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I know. And I think it's probably him, you know, it's probably him that's making this city so expensive to fly from. To fly to, I don't think it's that expensive, but flying out of here, even for me to go mm -hmm. across the border, um, you know, you guys in America have got probably, I don't know if some Americans know how lucky you are to be able to go across state for something like a hundred or less US dollars. For me to get to New York, which is an hour and a half maximum on a flight, I don't think I've ever done it at the full 90 minutes just yet. In Canadian, um, sorry, in um, US dollars, it's costing around 220 US dollars for an hour and a half flight, which is roughly around 300 Canadian for an hour and a half. You, you don't mean that. It doesn't need to yeah. cost this much. And uh, are there no discount airlines in Canada? That seems like I mean, a silly question. Flair. Flair? No, we have Flair, mm -hmm. which I think counts as discount. But Are again, remember these airlines don't, yeah, okay. <laughs> they don't necessarily go even across the border for me to go worldwide, for example. I wonder why that is. Because I feel like it's so cheap to get to fly into Cancun from like Miami, for example, you know, or it's right, it's, it's right there. And I would think Toronto and New York are they right there. They literally are neighbors. The fact that I could drive to Buffalo in like four hours is already showing yeah. how close it is, you know? So that financial restriction is something that I've had to relearn here because I didn't feel restricted um, living in the UK. I felt like there yeah. was a lot more accessible than what I even had knowledge of until I moved here. Right. Uh, some of my right. first travels were like various different cities in Spain, um, I've been to mm -hmm. Italy once. I didn't really do Europe because I wanted to see more of the world. So that would be, if I had mm -hmm. any advice for financial restrictions, it would just be to be realistic in terms of where you want to go and how long it's going to take you to put that money mm -hmm. aside because needless to say, it's going to be worth yeah. it. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Because I think one of the things that, that holds people back is that financial scare. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, what is this going to cost me? You know, it's, it's the not knowing how much it's going to cost you to get there, flight and accommodations, and then what is that mm -hmm. ratio like when, when you actually do get there? When you're there. Iceland, though, I think Iceland doesn't, I've never been, by the way, but I think it doesn't take that much research on any platform to just know that it's expensive in every currency. That's my first solo trip. I paid about $35 for a 
um, burger, fries, and a beer, meet me at dot dog cart. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and this was at a, now granted, this was at a, the bar that was across the street. So it wasn't like a fast food place. It was at a bar. So, you know, it was kind of like, oh, okay, let me go in here wow. and have a little burger and fries. And I've seen people talk about like um, KFC being something like 10 pounds. I'm like, Man. what will break being like 7 Man. pounds? I'm like, wait, what? Why are we paying this much for regular, regular shop supermarket like, uh, yeah. staples? So you don't want me to have breakfast? Hot dogs at 17 US. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. I mean, if you like hot dogs, you, you'll be all right. Because I, <laughs> for the most part, they have, because they have, it's different. It's not like the average, like, oh, I'm going down oh. the street or, you know, a ballpark prank in New York. But it, it was light. I felt like the meat was light. It wasn't like heavy. And it was simple. Like I just went to the cart that was outside of my hotel, got my little sauce and all that kind of stuff. And it held me over for a good few hours. So I was like, this is, this is going to be my lunch every day. <laughs> yeah. Every day. And you know what? It's funny. You saying that is one of those, it's a financial restriction. I'm like, oh, maybe I won't ever be able to go to Iceland, not from here anytime soon, because I have to budget. <laughs> Um, pork or beef? Um, you know what? I don't know. See? Now that's the only thing. In this life, the only thing is whenever I think about hot dog, I just think pork and I don't eat it. So I, I would love to hope oh. that it wouldn't be that because that's my lunch gone out yeah. the window. Oh no. I could eat the okay. bread. I'm not sure. <laughs> I wonder how much the bun I'm costs. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get just the hot dog bun? <laughs> that's so crazy. I never even think about it. I'm just like, oh, that looks good. See, and that goes again back to like dietary, right. you know, dietary requirements, allergies. Like there are things that people do have to factor in before right. they do. Like I'm allergic to apples. People always trying to give me a drink. I just want to know what's in it. Oh, just drink it. I'm allergic to apples, so I can't yeah. just drink it because I might just have a reaction. So could you just tell me? And you know, you, you take that for, for yeah. granted. You really take that for granted because... Like I said, I don't think twice. Hot dogs, sure. <laughs> oh, it's a fancy sauce with it too. Oh, put that on there. Let's try that. Like I don't care. <laughs> you know, I'm not thinking about it at all. You know, and I think that's the other thing with travel mm-hmm. that having to make sure you're aware of first the things that you yeah. need that can that are available. You know, and I think some of us we don't consider the fact that there's going to be things that people just can't do or eat or be around. You, you know, and those things, yeah. those things are important, especially when you're planning for groups, especially when, you you know, all of that kind of yeah. stuff. Because I would have never thought about that. I'd be like, there's hot dogs in the cart, girl. You'll be all right. And then you get there and it's like, these yeah, are pork. Yeah, you'll be fine. No, <laughs> these are all pork. I walked down the whole street and every one of them is pork. You didn't tell me this. But again, and this is the thing I always say, as much as it is the establishment's responsibility, mm-hmm. I always say it's down to the allergen. Yeah. I'm sorry. We are fully responsible for the questions that we are supposed to ask so when you tell me secret sauce i'm sorry but what's the secret because i'm allergic to nuts so if you have crushed walnuts or crushed pistachios in your nuts i need to be aware i'm not just going to take secret sauce and be like oh yeah you know i'm going to eat that maybe the secret sauce is gherkin water (laughs) no I need to know to the. I need to know to the tea. What the secret what is. is? No, that makes it. perfect sense. Yeah, and it can be quite stressful, which is why I bring it back to one of the first points. You know, don't look down on the people that choose chicken and chips. Right, it's easy. It, right. 
or chicken and fries. It's easy. Right. You know? it's, it's relative. It's what they know. And what's easy for me is not easy right. for you. Yeah, I know what mm-hmm. you mean. And that's the funny thing that sometimes I do have to be honest. Sometimes if there, if it is being said mm-hmm. repetitively, kind of like world nationwide, do your research to find out like, is this true? Like we just, you know, based on mm-hmm. Iceland, is it as expensive? Based on Italy, are people's experiences pretty much the same common or was that just a personal one? You know, like we have to, I think if there's, again, any kind of advice that I would give anybody with travel, like just be comfortable with doing your own research. Take what everybody is saying, but find out if that's actually what it is for yourself before you go there, if you can, you know? Yeah, no, that makes a a lot of sense because if you're a label whore type of person where it has to be you know the top of the line coach and the the newest iphone and the you know i don't know the whatever balenciagas whatever whatever high expensive name yeah this how you know labels are not our thing because we'd be struggling here to name them (laughs) right because i'm over here like what balance uh (laughs) like take me on a trip Well, guys, this was our first episode and this was an enjoyable one. I'm looking forward to the rest to come. Yes, yes. This was a great start. (laughs) Us just rambling as usual, talking about what we love, travel, you know? Literally. Can't get enough of talking about it. So many gems to drop, like not just from us, but for us to pick up, for us to learn, for us to teach. Yeah, lots of things to share. And the thing about it that that I love and that I'm going to love is that we have two completely different vantage points while having the same vantage point, right? So we have the the lens is Black women, traveling Black women. But then it's like, what is it like for you being from the UK and then now being in London and it was like me from the US and you know all of that different stuff and just feeling like yeah I don't know I feel like it's going to be a good opportunity to just see what the black experience is like from different angles I feel like know? we have so many similarities mm-hmm. and differences at the same time yeah and they all complement each other so it's like oh Agreed. wow Agreed. you know Agreed. I'm like you're the, you're you're like the British I, and me. honestly <laughs> honestly I felt that when before we met I felt like yeah this this is me in a different world like I look at your smile and I'm like well I didn't used to smile like that but this is how I smile now that's me like honestly it's like a mirror yeah. it's funny that you know when there's like you know you've got your twin out there in the world I'm like I wonder if it's just a twin it has to be more of people like us they can't they can't just be us like us is not enough to share with the world there has to be like another right. 50 people at the bare minimum. <laughs> just, literally just living our best lives forever, whatever that means. Just being our authentic selves, laughing and joking at everything and yeah. nothing. Finishing each other's sentences like, wait, right. you was thinking that too? Oh, okay. You know, you're discovering a new safe space. Like, oh, maybe my thoughts are not as weird as I thought they were. Other right. Thinking like me and too. that's always good. Yes, it is. Honestly, I'm that's tired of feeling like I'm the only one in this box. Like, oh, there's space for more. Great. Come on yes. in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we will be leaving you with a final inspiration. Uh, this is an African proverb or proverb, whichever way you choose to pronounce it. Uh, we are now saying if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. Until the next episode. See ya. Peace out. <laughs>
Eight times down. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>